Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika Walker, and today we are speaking with Sabria Whitaker of Grow the Game. Um, I love her and her knowledge of the game. You can find her all over social media at Sabria, Sabria Whitaker. She knows the game. She loves the game. She, you know, supports women's hoops through and through all year round. So welcome, Sabria, to Hoops and Huddle. Thank you. Thank you for having me for that lovely intro. Yes, yes. Um, we're going to talk about Grow the Game, um, your nonprofit, during our time today. But I wanted to first get started and talk about how you feel about the W season so far. Like, is it is it rolling the way you expected? I call it the first quarter because the season's, what, 32 games? And we're already like eight, nine games in. So how do you feel about the first quarter so far? What is sticking out to you? Um, I mean, so the good news is that we got more games this season, but I did read somewhere on Twitter that some teams are basically through 25% of the game. So you are correct in that we're like a quarter through. It seems so short. I was just thinking of them like all-star voting already. It's like you really have yeah. like a solid month if that and the, and barely mm-hmm. that because I remember there was one team I think they played on a Friday and then their next game wasn't until the following Friday so you got like a little time to get in and and make people fall in love with you and we're already talking about all-star and then we're gonna blink and it's gonna be the postseason and then it's gonna be over but I mean yeah. I like I like a lot of what I'm seeing I like a lot of the business side of things like the ion tv deal um the new partners i think they announced a tire partner mm-hmm. earlier today so i'm liking a lot of that um i'm liking a lot of what i'm seeing from certain players like shakira austin loving mm-hmm. to see kalani brown back in dallas mm-hmm. doing her thing yeah but i'm i'm not really a fan of some other things that i'm seeing though um, like the Las Vegas situation, the way that was handled, the way that it was spoken D'Arca about Hamby. in the media with the D'Arca Hamby and Coach Hammond situation. I didn't feel like it was taken seriously. I don't really appreciate this idea that they're being the, they're, I guess, being villainized or whatever that mm-hmm. narrative some people have out there. I don't like that. But for the most part, I do like the chaos outside of obviously Connecticut and Vegas at one and two. I like that a lot of people had their ideas of who was going to be like three through 12. And I haven't seen anyone get them all right. So I appreciate that the league is starting to balance Mm -hmm. out, even though there's like a significant drop, I feel like after maybe the top seven like Indiana, Phoenix, Seattle, all of that. But I appreciate that even those lower ranked teams who maybe only have a win or two can still on any given night put up a huge fight against the one and two ranked teams Mm -hmm. and get them Mm -hmm. up. Because so, they've been fighting. Some of those games, yeah, they they get they don't have to the record doesn't show it, but they fight in these games. Like they 
they push they they push the, the teams to the limit. They they're battling, and Aaliyah Boston to me is not playing like a rookie. Like she, you know, like she'll get in there with you and tussle with you to get that rebound. So I I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing um, from her, um, especially, but. I'm liking what the young pieces on Indiana, and I'm curious to see how they're going to develop. You know, like looking at them next year. I'm curious about what the draft lottery is going to look like and who is going to land. Um, the, the part of me is like, it should not be Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it's like this is the process over again. Like, yeah. like seriously. Um, I'm. Connecticut is playing well. I am not the biggest Connecticut fan, but I understand that they are playing better than we are. We just happen to have Stewie on our team that can save us in clutch moments. But I feel like Connecticut is a better team. I'm surprised at the Mystics. I just knew with EDD back that the Mystics, I thought they would be two. I thought thought Vegas would be one. I thought because of our chemistry issues, we'll be three. And I thought that the Mystics would be too. You couldn't tell me that it wasn't going to be the order. And I was wrong, obviously. Um, I like the Ion deal. And I like the way teams are showing the W, you know, where you can find where the W is broadcast. Like teams have their own format. But teams have been very um, straightforward with showing, okay, this is where you can watch. This is where you can watch. Um, and I like that. Um, I like the fact that players have the the players association have that arrangement where they have that deal where you have the W players can get at least not sitting a regular with the regular folk they can get some privacy a little bit to decide in some of the some of the clubs because they are be they are more visual now um, and they're more popular and it's I just you know at least they're going to be in public at least get them a little privacy I do like that they have access to um if they have back-to-backs they have access to charter flights um don't like what happened to uh Brittany Griner you know at the airport recently um I feel like it's mixed signals do they does she have should they have been on the private or not like I feel like it's the, the messages were mixed. I was curious how you felt about the Griner situation. Yeah. Um, so I saw that there were different statements being put out and it was kind of like the blame game. Uh, I know <laughs> that the Players Association, well, a lot of the players spoke out first and then the Players Association and from, it sounded like between the league statement and the Phoenix Mercury statement that the league approved charter flights um, mm-hmm. prior to the season. And it kind of sounded like they were saying it was up to the Mercury to, I guess, take yeah. advantage. I do know that the last thing that I saw was that her agent said something. I did not look at what the agent said, but I remember before that, um, it it was my understanding that BG was allowed to fly solo for charters, but that she would not do it without the rest of her team. And I felt like I saw a, I saw a video on somebody's 
uh, Instagram where they were on the charter, like the team was on the charter and I, earlier in the season. And I was like, okay, they're flying charter. Um, but I guess it's not for every flight because then you see them in the public airport and that situation. Um, so I was a little confused at first. I was like, okay, it's probably not for every flight. Um, that's probably the issue. Um, yeah. so, but I don't know if that was a back-to-back or not. And I don't really mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, I do understand that the league has obviously stepped in to keep it as fair as possible and saying that, you know, you can't fly charter because it gives you an unfair advantage over this team who is not going to fly charter or what have you. And that from like a fairness, but security standpoint, obviously you do make an exception for BG, but I understand where BG is coming from of Mm -hmm. not wanting to do that solo. I mean, I'm sure everybody will understand, but anytime like a player is singled out, you risk like, alienating yourself your teammates kind of maybe get some hostility or jealousy like I get all of that but I do need Mm -hmm. them to be on the same page though of like well if it's just not possible for all of you to fly charter all the time then you kind of have to meet Brittany somewhere in the middle and everybody gonna is just gonna have to put their feelings to the side about something if it's truly about safety and what's in the best interest for BG. So hopefully they figure that out. They have that conversation. Now me, I personally believe that um, teams should, they should figure out a way to tax teams like how the NBA has a luxury tax. Um, I think you should just make a luxury tax and then everybody who goes over. So it will probably be what New York, Atlanta, Vegas, I know Chicago just introduced some new um, investors. Not sure if they would be, you know, willing to meet Vegas and New York um, Mm -hmm. and Atlanta where they're at as far as the money goes. But if they do, then tax them, put the tax Mm -hmm. in a a team fund for the teams that don't have it or don't want to pay for the charter give it to them so that everybody can fly a charter and we can kind of like stop having this conversation like if there are people who have the money and the means and they want to then just let them tax them some more and give it to everybody else to make it an even playing field like I don't understand why we are still honestly having this conversation when it comes to charters Mm -hmm. And that's another conversation. Like when I look at like the WNBA and their like CBA, I'm like, that's one thing I do wish the W had that I wish they had a luxury tax bracket because that, you know, like that can help some of these teams that don't have um, the wealth capacity seemingly that the NBA or NFL led team owners seem to have like with the, uh, with Mark Davis and the size and now Matt Ishiba. Um, Cause like you had the Phoenix, I mean, you had the Philadelphia, one of the owners of the Sixers come out and say, you know, like he's not going to pay for another team to play in the arena they're playing in. He thinks the NBA is going to, WNBA is going towards um, not having NBA 
team owners, be team owners in the W um, going forward. And even though Matt Ishiba, <laughs> they have another NBA team over, but um, that he thinks is going to be Toronto and um, in Oakland. Um, and I was like, interesting. Because the, the team you have, Mark Davis, who just built the Aces, that magnificent um, training facility. And I was like, well, that is an advantage for another advantage for the Aces. <laughs> like, they don't want, you know, some of these teams getting, um, getting these charters when everybody can't afford it. But you have the Aces out here with this training facility. Um, brain spanking new Seattle's building one, I know, but that's you know, like and a lot of people were like, How is this not an advantage? This is another sexy selling point that everybody's that's gonna be everybody's top choice. And then, you know, maybe New York because they have some really good facilities and they're paying and I mean, I just don't understand like the um when it comes to the CBA, why the that's okay building the facility, but mm-hmm. the charters is something that is the sticking point um well first of all i remember having that conversation with larry the majority owner of atlanta when something came out about the charters or when i mentioned or suggested that they do the luxury tax um you know for the salary cap and then use as a fund the charters he said something similar something that was pushing pushing back and I don't remember exactly what he said, but my response to him was, there's only so much you can do to stop teams from becoming competitive, like building facilities. Like you can stop a charter, but you can't stop what yep. access the teams are able to give players when you have someone like Candace Parker coming out and saying, I've never had a locker. Right. That was shocking. That was so, shocking to so many people, actually. It, it, it's it's really only so much you can do. I mean, we're coming from college, essentially, from the NCAA mm-hmm. to the WNBA, where players are literally making their decisions based on fit for the team, the facilities, the program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of these things that they're able to take into consideration, all of these college programs using donors or whatever to look at this new, look at our film room with mm-hmm. the movie theater seats and all of this. And then you expect them to to what? Everybody's not going to be on the same level. As long as I feel like the CBA should be worried about what is the mandatory minimum instead of worrying about the maximum. Don't worry about what the next team owner is doing because at the end of the day, you can't control what an owner does with their pockets. Sorry, not sorry. They do own the team. So as long Mm -hmm. as you are making, like I said, mandatory minimums for what has to be met by every team, too bad, so sad. Tell them if they want the, the competitive advantage, tell them step their cookies up do what Atlanta did and try and force a, a sale of ownership, figure it out. But I need them mm-hmm. to figure out what page they want to get on. And it does start with the CBA. I need them to to read their CBA. I need them to understand their CBA. I need yeah. them to be on one page because I'm, like I said, I'm not sure what happened in the Brittany Griner situation, but my personal opinion, it's a bad look when Brianna Stewart and whoever else is saying this is unacceptable and adding the WNBA 
when they don't even know any facts. And then the WNBA comes back and says, well, actually we did approve this, but it is not up to us to implement it because the WNBA would not otherwise handle travel. No. So Mm -hmm. you're looking at Phoenix, but you're adding the W. And so that looks bad. And that's when you get all this other hoopla and drama around college players making snide comments about the W and how like, they're like, well, why yes. do y'all want to go from there? Well, y'all give them the ammo when y'all do stuff like that. Y'all are the ones who negotiate the CBA. The same Brianna Stewart talking about prioritization, like she's not on like one of the committees for the seat. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you are part of leadership in the Players Association. Y'all sat up there and y'all demanded raises, and y'all did a great job, and y'all demanded, you know, things like um, not having to share, not having to share hotel rooms, because I think you have to be like five years in or some like two to five years in and and that's when you got like your own hotel room right they made sure Mm -hmm. that players with children got at least a two-bedroom apartment it's like mandatory minimums y'all did all of this with protection for pregnancies and all of this but is it and i'm and respectfully whose fault is it that you got raises but you did not also raise the salary cap what yes. do you want us to do? Yes. Because we are not at the table with you all for these CBAs because that's not our business. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are fans. Mm-hmm. We are not. We are not your arbitrators. We are not your negotiators. That is what you have, Miss Jackson, yep. for, and the rest of the staff at the Players Association. Y'all need to consult the attorneys that I know y'all don't have. Y'all need to consult the agents that y'all have but clearly don't talk to like y'all need to have conversations with the people who are supposed to be in the room and stop taking everything to twitter yeah i i agree with everything you just said um 100 that i we always i just feel like every year we talk about the cba and cba and you know to no avail you know what i mean so i mean we'll see like soon we're going to have I guess in a few years, you'll have two new teams um, entering the W with expansion. And it looks like it's going to be Toronto. That's the worst kept secret. Toronto. I don't think it's going to be Toronto. I genuinely don't think it's going to be Toronto. Yes, because the only reason that they played in Toronto recently, I won't say the only reason, but I'm in Chicago and I've driven to Toronto before. It's an eight hour trip. That's probably why, I mean, granted, New York was right there, but Minnesota and Chicago are drivable distances. Like there's a reason why LA, Seattle, Phoenix were not at that game. Because if you can't, if you're having trouble with direct flights, because because you know, different teams use different airlines if they're, like have an official partner and like every airline doesn't go everywhere so it's a lot trying to in my opinion facilitate travel with an international team when they have as many issues as they do now in america yep i said that last year and people were like well toronto they all had the audience in toronto There'll be more people there that are usually at Sparks games because there's this thought that people don't really go to the 
support the Sparks like they should. They don't. They then don't. In Toronto, they'll come out and support the team. I was like, what about the travel headache that I keep hearing about with Toronto? And then that was pushed to the side. So you think the travel could be an issue. What about Oakland? I mean... I, I do think the travel is an issue. I mean, I did see the turnout in the Toronto game. And that... Mm-hmm. is amazing and I would love to see if it's sustainable I think it probably would be I mean that's very different when we're talking about countries though and how we have 12 teams for one yeah they would have one for an entire country so I would hope mm-hmm. they talk mm-hmm. to take turns to fill the mm-hmm. arena um but personally I don't feel like so and I mean this is for a whole season in well I mean I think it I think it could be Again, the travel issue would probably just be the biggest thing. And I'm not too familiar with the laws over there mm-hmm. and just how all of that works. But I'm not, again, I'm not opposed to it. I just would like them to figure out stuff before they try and, you know, go big. But I think like, and it has not nothing to do with the business decision. I just don't think Oakland deserves one because of the way. And I understand because I know we've had this conversation in the group chat with Robin. Like, I understand California is big and it's not just so easy necessarily to say, okay, well, if you can go to a game in Oakland, you can go to a game in Los Angeles. Like, I know that that's not the case. And I know that yeah, we that once is- lived in a time where the Sacramento Monarchs existed and the LA Sparks existed. I understand that. But when you do have other places you know where people are showing up to Atlanta from South Carolina if they can do that I feel like you can make the drive if you really want to from Oakland to LA I think Atlanta being really one of the only I mean I know people call Texas the South but like I think they need some more love over there in my opinion, I think we should try and like spread it out. Yeah. You know, we had this conversation on a space the other day, and you definitely have to be careful with the states that you pick. Um, I just keep hearing Nashville. Of, That's why I brought up. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, we see what's happening in like as much people want Miami soul back, right? What's going on in Florida? You're not getting that. No, I don't. I don't really think that m- most players would want to be in Tennessee so I'm, I'm genuinely not sure what the answer is because that's what the South looks like. I mean they're very red so I'm not sure but I just feel like with California like show, show us you know y'all aren't on the internship right now show us you deserve it by supporting your sparks and then we can maybe have a conversation about Oakland that's how the I sparks. Do you when I look at the sparks? And um, I was gonna have a conversation, I want to have a conversation with Robin on the sparks because ownership, I don't feel like ownership does enough to to market that team the way that they should be the way they could be marketed. Um, I love how Atlanta markets their team. Um, I love how even like across socials, I like how Indiana was really um, doing more to like promote their team and really promote the new newcomers and um, you see so many W teams um, doing more in terms of marketing 
their players. I feel like with the Sparks, I just don't see them doing it. Considering Magic is one of the owners, uh, Magic and Cookie, and you know what I mean? Why don't you do something, you know, tap into um, some of your veterans more than Lisa Leslie, because I didn't, you know, Lisa Leslie doesn't always say that. Some of the things she says doesn't really align with the W community. I feel like they're not aligned with the W community like they should be. Um, so I feel like with the Sparks, it's kind of the ownership has to take it. And I, Magic is one of my favorite players ever. Um, but when it comes to like, but I, I have been underwhelmed with how the ownership of the Sparks has been handled. Like I love NECA, um, Cheney, you know, like um, also love Cheney and Media, but um, I feel like with the Sparks, it's kind of, some of it could be self-inflicted. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. And from what I observed with that team, I remember the photographer was also like the social person. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was a PR person um, who's no longer there. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure they've replaced that person. But there was just, a, in my opinion, a lot from the front office standpoint, um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to marketing, communications, PR, that didn't make sense. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of teams act like they don't know what the relations stands for. Like, I think you should have, I think every team should have community relations, player relations, and public relations. And they need to understand that to have the good relations, you need to have and build good, strong, mutually beneficial relationships. I think that front office needs to improve tremendously on building mutually beneficial relationships. Um, I think that's a start. So yeah, when you have one person doing everything, of course they're gonna be stretched thin to pour into what maybe other departments can do with marketing depending on their staff. I think it takes creativeness from partners, the sponsorship team. Like, I think it's, people don't realize that marketing is truly a team effort even outside of just the marketing department. And so I think it starts there with like a bridge Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. ticket sales and partnerships and marketing. And it can't just be left up to whoever's in charge of PR or social. But you are correct in that I think they could do a whole lot more, especially when you have um, Leslie Jones there as a season ticket holder. You have someone like Vivica A. Fox, who, you know, is a sponsor with her bundles. And I know she's been there a lot. Like, L.A. is such... There's no reason why L.A. should not be doing L.A. things. Like, I understand the team isn't necessarily the best but they're better though i feel like they're better than i thought that they were gonna be i mean they're flowing better than they definitely were last year i you know like when neca said at the beginning of the season that they um they feel like a professional team for the first time in a while i i see what she means but are they where they would like to be no but they're doing better than i personally thought they would the, mean, and Brandon has joined us, so Brandon is here. Japan, feel free to jump in. We were just talking hey, about some of the WNBA teams. Hello. We were talking about expansion. 
Sabria shared that Toronto, she doesn't think Toronto is possible because of the travel. Um, and um, so we we're talking about some of that. And then we talked about Sparks because um, Oakland is considered to be a possible location on rumor, but they don't, you know, California is not exactly a big supporter of the Sparks. So it's like, okay, put another team in California. So that's, that's where we are. Um, we jumped around talking about the season. Yeah. That's I could see, I could see Sacramento before I saw the Bay area um, from a cost perspective and um, they're still struggling to solve uh, what their arena and complexes look like in East Oakland, which is the reason the A's, I think the A's just announced they're leaving. So that place is. Uh, yeah, the W would be the only sports team really in Oakland. That um, that would be the last. Yeah, that would be the only one. I agree. How are you doing, Serena? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What I'm markets good. do you think are going to be? The, what, what If you were to pick two markets for expansion, what two markets would they be? And you, both of you guys answer this question. Brandon, you go first, and then Sabria, you jump in with the markets that you would go with. Hmm. Hmm. Ah. I still think maybe like the... Uh, I do believe California would probably do something up north because that state's so big, uh, which is why I think Sacramento. Something think it's something like maybe uh, is there Seattle, but maybe Portland, just the support that they have up there. Um, you got Chicago. Yeah, you, you already gave us two. You said California and. I was saying there's another. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Because I, for me, it'd be Portland and Charlotte because I want the stain to come back. Um, but what you know, Sabri, I'm curious of what your, what your, what's in that head of yours. Okay, so first, I just want to say that I would support what we talked about before as far as revisiting the CBA to make the salary cap more reflective of the raises that have been previously implemented and adding roster spots before yes. I did the expansion because yeah. I truly feel like I feel like the league does not learn. I, I won't even just say the league. I will say women's basketball because when you look at old documentaries of like the tour that they took um team usa on when they first built the women's team and having simple things like having merch available and them signing autographs is something that teams have gone away from so i need us to right now go back do our research see what worked see what didn't work like have conversations with each other to figure out how do we get the 12 teams right that we have before we start adding to the chaos i would like us to do that um, because I kind of talked about it earlier with the red states and just how tricky that is, I can see, you know, Sacramento. I I am a proponent of reactivating one of our fallen teams as part of this upcoming wave of expansion. So I'm not mad at Charlotte. 
Um, I know Dawn and company would love a team in Philly. I, I genuinely, if if our government wasn't what it was, I know for a fact a team in Tennessee would do amazing things. Because the one thing yeah. about those Lady Vols, I want to go to the South. I really do. Like, I'm not even, I wouldn't even be too proposed, like, too mad at a team in NOLA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. But, you know, just things that need to be figured out first. So I still maintain what I said about um, California not deserving, but I also would say try to look at the women's soccer teams and where they are and try Mm -hmm. and build off of like look at their attendance and see what they are able to pull as well as women's basketball like in college numbers and see what works so you don't have to kind of like just close your eyes and throw a dart and wherever it lands that's where you are committed to I say look at what works, but I also say that though, Malika, because we talked about how the Sparks fans don't support them, but look up Angel City Football Club. A lot of, you know, mm. soccer league people talk about how, I mean, they have what I think the San Diego Wave and they have Angel City in LA. So they do have like the two things and it's a cute, like little rivalry. It's real cute. Um, and people talk about how San Diego built the team first and Angel City built the brand first. Like someone just tweeted that recently and I thought that was really interesting. But I don't know if I can be too mad at it because the Angel City games look fun. I've never looked at, I don't care to look at their record when I'm thinking, oh, I want to go to an Angel City game. So it's like you have give and take. I think you're going to have those teams who are teams focused, but if it's boring, it's boring. And then you have teams who have great atmosphere, great product experiences, and their team might not be the best. But I think the Sparks could learn a few things from Angel City, honestly. Okay. Mm. I, I, I like your idea. I like, I like that focus on uh, changing the salary cap model uh, and uh, filling in more roster seats, uh, but I don't look at that as an either or to expansion. Uh, that's something I believe they should be doing today. Uh, and I don't believe, uh, I think it's a bullshit excuse that uh, there's no money in WNBA ownership to be able to do that. Joe Sy is one of the richest men in the world. Matt Ishbia, $7.8 billion network. NBA owners. They're NBA owners but, and trying to move away from NBA ownership moving forward. But ownership is ownership is ownership. Like billionaires are going to come buy this stuff up and they do have the loot. They do sure. have the capability to do that. Sure. But I think we have gotten to a point in at least the W community or fandom where well, I won't say we, I'll say I. I'm not accepting the bare minimum or the sake of doing something just to say you're doing it. Now, I'm not saying that fair. expansion expanse, expansion, shouldn't be the goal or that we can't do both. I, I believe that you can certainly do it. What I'm saying, though, is when you have all the travel issues that you're having, having yep. when, when you release a new app, and for the first however many weeks 
people couldn't split screen um when espn is doing you so bogus but that's for whatever reason the the main tv partner you just insist on doing stuff with and letting them treat you like crap when nike don't care about you or your jerseys you got all of this stuff yep that's like your mama mama said you need to clean your room before you start trying to do stuff like other stuff in the house like that's just how i feel because when you have so many players in the age of social media that are vocal that are gonna run and tell social media it does not make you look good when they do that and they have valid concerns and it's concerns where you're like dang y'all like why is that even a thing like we see how with nil and just the i guess players are no college players are no longer looking at the w as some new shiny thing that they can only get yeah, Andrew Reeves was very clear about that no, that's like fair. we're on the same page my answer yeah. i think i'm answered two different questions one is about expansion and i was just saying from an expansion perspective what other cities can you go to cleaning your house is absolutely necessary and i believe a lot of that is self-imposed based on mm-hmm. when I say self-imposed the ownership community, the bylaws that they've created, they've put themselves in that position. You've chosen not to have the appropriate travel accommodations for your players. It's not yeah. that you don't have enough money. It is not that. Sure. <laughs> it is sure. not that we do not have the funds and the resources to be able to do this because you absolutely do. The safety of your players in airports getting harassed by average Joes, like college, high school players, have more protection than that. Like they have more protection. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But it, People just come over you and they're hiding in a corner, not hiding, but they're like, yo, we've got to huddle up and be in a safe space inside of an airport. Like, but that comes from having owners that care enough about that though. that's correct like, that there the, are some business people who yeah. are just like i got the money and so i'm here yep. and and they haven't really been held accountable held to a standard really and things have just kind of become the norm because like it is what it is or it is the way it is because it is the way that it has been and so I think we're starting to see a shift between like fans and players. We're like, look, we're not, we're not doing that anymore because also the problem with some, some type of owners, and it's not to say that I don't think that, oh, if you're an NBA owner, you should automatically be prevented from getting a W team. We need owners who are going to understand that what works over there ain't going to work over here. And you can't be so hard-headed and stubborn thinking that it's the same. If you are insisting on running your organization, your WNBA organization, the way you run your NBA organization, then I don't need you over here because it's not going to work. And I come from... No, I'm in Chicago. So my team was fortunate enough to just win our first championship. But the sky... I mean, we just added new owners and there are thoughts about, you know, D-Wade was at practice today and potentially is thinking about becoming an owner, but they're cheap. Like when we won, they didn't even have confetti. No, they had it when we won the championship, but I know we had just gotten rid of the Eastern and Western Conference, Mm -hmm. but 
there was no confetti to even say like we're going to the championship like and I think someone's like well what could be you know there are no you know conference finals no but like you are going to the the championship game though like you can brand around that like that's an exciting thing but like we felt like my like people joke about Miami we felt like Miami in there wasn't no free we ain't get no free t-shirts they didn't want to do confetti, so people didn't get no. We didn't get no no t-shirt. I think we might have gotten a rally towel, maybe. But when you have owners like that, keep them. I don't want them. I agree with you. I agree with you. So, do you see? I don't get the sense that there's any WNBA on the WNBA side of ownership that they're trying to run those organizations like NBA teams when I would like to see them do it more. Like, like put the effort that you put in behind NBA teams, the operation- Put the effort in, but the actual look of it is not gonna be the same, but put, like, I like, I do like how the sides separate. Clara does the W team while Joe's side does the NBA. So they do, they separate it and, you know, like it's not the same approach. You don't have the same leader running those teams. Mark Davis doesn't treat, he treats the Las Vegas Aces as professional athletes. Like he would treat his professional athletes. That's correct. They That's get correct. that care. But, but there are, but there are some, okay, so. I don't know of a scenario. I guess I would, I didn't recognize so the scenario. I, I'll I'll give, no, yeah. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Um, there are some teams like the ownership, I want to say when you, so when you do look up for a job, when you look up jobs in Brooklyn, all of the Nets, Liberty, and whoever else is under that group, they're all on the same yeah, website. Yeah. yeah. And I know Washington is like monumental sports. Yeah. yeah. And I think the Minnesota might be connected. Yeah. But I are. but I'm not sure. I know at one point Indiana's store was connected the the fever in the patients but i'm not sure if they had the same employees so even yep. for me i'm i think that any mm -hmm. job okay. where you are the director of something for both the nba team and the w team is a red flag for me and the reason oh, why absolutely. i say that that's a good too point. many of them yeah. do that and, too many, and that's why i'm like i don't want you to i don't want you here because okay. at the end of the day and this is coming from someone i used to work at the atlanta hawks and I remember when the dream were back in, I don't, what, did they change the name of the arena? It was Phyllis Arena when I was there. When the dream were there, different ownership group, but they were in the same building on the second floor and we were all the way at the top. Right, and right, right. so I actually made connections with the dream. And I just remembered that people would try to intern or work for the dream with yep. the intention of trying to work for the Hawks. You got to go because I remember, I, I don't, it's not a stepping stone. And when you pick people who are treating it like a stepping stone, even when we do our commissioner yep. and this is like no shade to Kathy, but like, I don't care about you being some good CEO of some consulting oh, she at? Goldman and Sachs. She was at Deloitte or something. Deloitte, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Deloitte. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about any of that. Like, I need us to stop picking leadership based on stuff like that and pick the people who have been here, who know what they're doing here, 
because mm-hmm. what you did mm-hmm. over there is not gonna work over here and if you've never been over here then you can't say yeah. that now it's one thing if you've maybe done both like mm-hmm. if Kathy had been like man I was actually interning for the Dallas Wings and then I was the head of ticket sales over there and then I went to over there and then I came back but a lot of them don't even do that and it's like they give people okay. too much control when they're intentions are not pure and we can see it and we can tell and i'm sick of it because there's no reason why i should be talking to a chicago sky rep and i mentioned something about cappy pondexter and they go who and they like Mm -hmm. say her name wrong and this is like maybe a season or two after she was here Mm -hmm.